0: Hey, this is Lisp and you're listening to an episode of Annoy TV.
1: Just listening to the dark tones of the song Diamond by Lorne, one of the two songs chosen by my guest today. Fortunately enough, we have the pleasure of hearing the gems and the wise words from the great and powerful Ian Latif, aka Lisp. Now, Ian or Lisp, whichever one you choose to call him, his art is different, is what we'll call it. Very, very different. But not different in a bad way. Not in a bad way at all. It's just that when you see a lisp piece, you know you've seen a lisp piece. And that was one of the reasons why I was really drawn to talking to Ian. We met sometime last summer, and as I discovered more of his art, I realized that there was a story to be told here. And tell his story he did. He made it really easy for me this episode, because every question I asked, he would just expand and go and take it. In these fun and new imaginative ways that really gave a chance for his personality and his identity to show through in the conversation. I think once you guys are done listening to this conversation, next time you see one of his art pieces, you'll completely understand exactly where it came from. Big shout out to my boy once again. I really appreciate him for coming on. It was so much fun talking to him. Just because I had a great time listening and not even asking questions, just listening and hearing what he had to say. I hope you guys enjoyed this just as much as I did, and I'm done now. I'll see you on the other side. So today I'm here with one of the most interesting men in the world. Thank you. I know some of you have definitely seen his art around. And if you haven't, you will very, very soon. This is no surprise. This should come to you as no surprise by this point. I don't like to steal the spotlight. I don't like to say too much about my guest. I'm going to let him introduce himself. The first question I always go with, nice
0: and easy, who are you? I am... Lisp. A lot of people know me as Lisp, or uh, the friends call me Ian. Ian Latif. Yeah, artist in Columbus, Ohio, and creative in Columbus, Ohio. Yes,
1: sir. Yes. Sir. <laughs> and and the one thing before we get into it, I want to say is that I think you have a very very distinct style, and mm-hmm. that makes it so easy mm-hmm. for people. As soon as they see your work and they realize that it's you, mm-hmm. it's very easy to connect one with the other it's very easy mm-hmm. to connect the name with the with the actual imagery right
0: yeah i would say that's the i don't know whenever you like start doing art i feel like there's you always have like a a focus or something that inspires you mm-hmm. and for me it was it was never like okay a technical ability or like duplication it was always like uh style it was the like the having a clear recognizable just something that was different than everybody yeah. else. So, yeah, I'd say that 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 feels good to hear. Yeah.
1: And it's so it's so your work is so intense. too, yeah. bro. And I'm oh, sure yeah. we can get into that, all that stuff. But it's just when you see it, it's like coming at you and you yes. can't turn away from it on. Almost like you're you're seeing these things and all these images and these characters. And it's just for me, at least when I'm looking at it, I have to, you know, at least take a few seconds and like mm. really digest what's going on. Mm -hmm. But before we get into the actual content and the actual work that you've done, let's talk about you, man. Let's talk about the person behind the art, behind the characters. So just tell me a little bit about who you are. So where did did you grow Mm -hmm. up? What kind of things Mm -hmm. were you into when you were coming up?
0: So I feel like the best way to explain myself is that I am, I always say that I'm white trash from... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like West Virginia vibes. My story is very interesting and it all plays into like why I do art. I was born, uh, not even in a hospital. I was like, I was born in like a little country house in Virginia. Grew up with like a little Southern accent. I might still have a Southern accent. I don't really know. Okay. Now that can you said, I can hear little it a little twang. bit. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, so I grew up like kind of white trash and then I, I just like kind of like always, I was always in like small towns. I traveled a little bit. I, um, grew up in, Maryland. So I traveled from Virginia to Maryland. And that's where I was like, kind of like born and raised. Um, I was I was born in like, or I was in Western Maryland was like where I went to school elementary, middle school, high school, very rural, very like religious, very um, conservative. So not very much room for creativity there at all. But I always was like a, a very creative person. So I would say that that was like the uh, defining things from my origin would be that it was like very religious, very, very, not super poor, but like, you know, middle-class, like lower income and surrounded by rednecks and religious people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So
1: I'm interested, did that kind of confinement, Mm. did you feel a lot of dissonance being Mm. in that space? Like you're having these thoughts of, oh, I want to create, I want to do this and your outside world isn't really reflecting that.
0: Yeah, I would say that it was, I had creativity because I I just, I've always been very creative where no matter what it was, I think like some of the first things that I ever got into that I was like, okay, I really like this. Like I always drew and stuff, like everyone draws as a kid, but like dressing up in clothes and stuff and like pretending, being like able to be creative, like just imagination stuff. I always felt like i was just like it was hyper. Like one of my like I, I used to like go into like my uh my closet like of all places and I would just pretend. I just like wanted to have a like a fake what do you call it? Like a imaginary friend. I was like I, I knew it was an imaginary friend. Like I knew it wasn't even a real thing but I wanted to just like I was like yo I need to have one of those. So I went I went to like my closet and I was like okay I'm I'm hanging out with Mr. Hyper Cheese right now. And I would like get all like hyper and shit. And I would come out and Oh, here's some a little bit more backstory. I have four sisters, so and they're all older than me. So I'd come out all hyper and just like going crazy, and I'll be like, "Mr. Hyper Cheese got me all hyped up." I don't know, but I, I feel like finding creativity within the home, finding creativity within like my just it's it always starts in your head, mm. right? So even though I w- I would say that there was a lot of like just like conservatism, conservatism and not being creative at a young age, you're just creative Mm -hmm. without, without any abandon, you know? So it doesn't even matter. I feel like I never experienced a, I think the word was dissonance, like, I like a conflict about being Mm -hmm. creative until I started like, like getting older and like kind of just like being a adolescent. That's whenever I started feeling.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so what did that look like then for you? Because I, I, during that whole story, obviously, you know, it's fun to pretend for mo- for most people. It's fun to pretend except to a certain age and yeah. then you have to kind of give it up mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of get a little more serious and take yeah. things more serious. And all right, what are you going to do? Next steps type of thing. So what, what did that look like going into your adolescence?
0: I feel like there was a, I, I always remember like a really big thing for me was like Legos and like, just going crazy with that, making like not following directions with Legos and just being just like trying to create random things with that. But I remember starting to feel like insecure about it. Like, Oh, I can't tell people I play with Legos. Oh, I can't people, I can't tell people that I draw like scary faces. I can't, I can't tell people I like want to dress up and like be weird or like act. And I think it has a lot to do with like, toxic masculinity or like realizing that people are like, oh, okay, that's a, that's a girly thing to do. Those kind of things. I was like, okay, I can't, can't do that. So like, especially my area growing up, it was like, if you're not wearing boots and camouflage, like you must be gay. Yeah. Like that's the only there It's like redneck or gay, you know what I mean? So there's like no in between. So I was like, so I can't, I can't be honest about yeah. being creative. I like, I have to, I don't know. I remember like, you know, whenever you like have in like health class, they're like, all right, introduce yourself to the class. Make a a little PowerPoint of, like, who you are. And I'd be like, okay, Legos. Nope, can't say it. <laughs> Drawing, nope, can't say it. Like, dressing up, nope, can't say it. Oh, uh, all right, I like to snowboard. There's yeah, one am a one snowboarder. We can do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like skateboarding, never skateboard. Oh, I'm a skateboard. You know, just, like, being fake about it, which is, like, I don't know why I feel the need to hide. but I mean, yeah.
1: at a young age, though, you know, you're still – because the thing that I remember, at mm. least when I was younger, is I knew the things that I liked, but, you know, you're still trying to find yourself. Yeah. Like, you, you don't understand, okay, like, it's cool for me to be on this kind of stuff, right? You're just, I like this. I don't know why I like this, but I do. Mm-hmm. But I'm still trying to fit into this mold and, like, figure things out. But also, it was interesting because I think that now it might almost be easier to grow up and do the things that you want to do but we're still from that era that mid or late 90s early breaking into the new century where it's like all right you still have a lot of these conservative ideas Mm. you know there's this definition of what being this means and what being that means so you know it definitely makes sense that uh that you know you would see a little little pushback yeah
0: i definitely feel like it's fun to see, like, now that, like, definitely with the internet, I see, like, younger general Zers Like, I'd say, like, we're, like, the older, like, part of, like, the Gen Z crowd. Like, kind of, like, internet was, like, we were getting more culture than maybe people. um, I, I don't know, because with the internet, you can just see so many more things. So, we got, like, a lot more culture than, I'd say, like, maybe people 20 years ahead of us in, at least in my area. We were, like, exposed to, like, I was able to, like, listen to hip-hop or, like, watch, like, someone like pop locking videos and stuff without having to like see a DVD about it or something. So it's like really cool to see now even farther, like kids that are in rural areas can be just completely different because the internet, it doesn't matter where you're at. Mm -hmm. You're just like able to be whatever you want. Like it all connects and you're not afraid about it, you know? Yeah,
1: exactly. And that's, that's the, that's the era that we're coming in. It's more, I feel like it's more of a, liberating time. Like, in my mind, I see I see the timeline of culture and society. It mm. goes in, like, funnels, right? So you have, you know, the 70s and the 80s where it's, like, way out here and people are doing psychedelics yeah. and it's all the hippie stuff. And then you kind of funnel it into the 90s and that's where things start to get a little more rigid. You know what I mean? And then now I feel like we're coming back out onto the other side of this mm, funnel where, yeah. you know, it's just... a uh, Renaissance is a big word, but... A renaissance of like creative ideas and yes. creative thinking and create creating in general, right?
0: And I feel like, oh, yeah, I feel like, especially with like, I don't know, everyone's able to have like their own brand and really see a profit from like being a creative person, which is so exciting because I feel like that's what our world needs is like people that are creating wealth and people can tap into that and like basically creating a new economy with like creativity, mm-hmm. which is like, I'd say, like, what the rena- like, the renaissance you would speak of is yep. what's happening. Yep. All so, right. Now let's get yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Let's get back to what you got going on. When did you first start drawing?
0: Um, I always drew. I, I, I look back at, I think the first time that I really realized that I drew more than other people was that I was like probably like four years old, three or four years old. And I remember that my mom would just be like tired of me being hyper. She'd be like, all right, go to your room, like it's nap time. And I was like, there ain't no way I'm falling asleep right now. So I'm just going to be just drawing for hours, you know? So I say like I started drawing when I was four and I, because I had so much time on my hands that that was like the, the way to entertain myself was like through drawing.
1: What, uh, what kind of things were you drawing back then when, when your mom would send you to your room, what, what are you sitting down in sketching out?
0: Yeah. So I think because I was, since there's, there's a, my, my family's like pretty religious and specifically like a evangelical, like Christians. So they were definitely censoring certain types of media. Um, I was like watching maybe some PG movies like, wow, Shrek, that was, that was was so crazy. I got to watch Shrek, man. (laughs) Yo, I don't know, but I, um, I remember just like being very interested by dark themes in the world and I remember just because of like some things that I had in my life just like being like very like hyper aware of like maybe scarier things and I don't know where that exactly came from, but I remember just being able to go to the library was like one way that I was able to see things that maybe I wasn't supposed to see or learn concepts that were, darker or like more like like evil sides of humanity. So I remember I would like read books just about like war. Like I I was like the revolutionary war, the civil war, world war one, world war two, the Vietnam war. And being surprised by images that I was seeing, like I was seeing like corpses, I was seeing like weapons, I was seeing tanks, I was seeing propaganda art of like giant monsters eating people and really like darker, Visual themes and I remember just being very curious about it because I was like, yo, this is like nothing I see around me at all and it's very interesting so Instead of being like maybe afraid of that kind of stuff like I should have been I was very interested in it So I that's what I drew from a very young age. I was drawing like my attempts of like monster trucks with like 18 wheels with ghosts coming out, like biting people's heads off. And just like like the creativity is like even, I'd say even farther than like where my art is now. I get inspired by myself looking back at those sketchbooks and I'll like see, I was creating like a cyborg that was like half robot that was like shooting something in the sky and helicopters are attacking it. It was like, like if you looked at these pictures, it'd just be a bunch of scribbles. But to me, I'm like, yo, I know what I was doing. Yeah. And I was entertaining myself. Yeah,
1: and that that's the coolest thing to me about your art, dude. Is just that it's like so out there. Yeah, bro. it's like so out there. I'll be seeing some of these things, and it's like, you know, a caterpillar with twenty six legs, yeah. and like a little goblins riding uh, it or something. And yeah. I'm like, this is so cool. Like, how does anybody think of this <laughs> stuff, man? How does anybody think of this stuff? So, do you think? That we we've already established that you lived in a more conservative area. Yeah, your parents were religious; they kind of censored some stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you think that helped to foster this mindset that that you have? Just because it was so, I don't want to say confining, because yeah. I mean your parents. You know, I don't know your parents. I don't know exactly how you grew up or whatever. But do you think that fostered like these these thoughts and this way that you think?
0: Definitely, I I think that anytime you censor somebody, and they realize that there's something. I don't know, for me, I've always felt a level of anger towards anyone that's trying to hold me back or not be honest with me about the way things are. So whenever, I've, I've always just, whenever I realized that there was so much more to the human experience than just, like, good things. And I feel like a lot of, like, religious parents are like, okay, we want to make sure that our kids see good things and, like, they don't get focused or, like, taken taken by the world, by the bad things. So I was just, I remember just feeling very, I don't know if rebellious is like the word for that, but I definitely like not being able to explore certain ideas made me go, fuck it. I'm going to be obsessed with ideas. I'm going to be, okay. I can't draw a demon. I'm going to only draw demons. I can't draw sex. Okay. I'm only going to draw naked people like the idea of that. I can't do something. Why? Like, and then that's, like, gives energy towards, like, exploration. Mm. It definitely is part of that. Yeah,
1: yeah, most definitely. So now that we're on this topic, what is the most significant memory from your childhood Mm. that you think informs what you do now?
0: I would say that an experience that really changed everything, this is, like, pretty deep, is, like, my father, he actually passed away when I was 12. At, like, a very young age, I'd say. So having to deal with very deep, dark emotions that were like very heavy about death allow, like really just, it's like ever since then, if I draw a portrait of somebody, this is kind of interesting. I, different sidetrack story. <laughs> my aunt, one time I was like drawing my cousin, she goes, and and people were like, yo, that's really good. And then she goes, yeah, that's really good. But she looks dead. You know, it's like, it's like for some reason, like, like death really impacted the way that I like drew and it, it like it, I needed to do something. So like the, like, or just like the things that I experienced when going through that, it like really made me, I'd say like, it made me like prolific. And it also made me focus on like images that somehow are related to death or like you can see a, a level of mortality in all of the art, like the idea of that all of this is finite and it could go away makes me want to create something that's not finite mm-hmm. that's a pretty <laughs> dark way to take that question I, I feel like a really large um some of the like the visuals that like a memory that would be like for good visuals is one of my cousins Jason actually this is crazy this is actually how I remember your name really well it's because of my favorite cousin cousin's name is Jason word shout out to Jason this, shout out to Jason Jason is the coolest person and he was like I've always loved hip hop. I've always connected with like things that were like hip hop or just like, like I always like pop locking and dancing was a huge part of like my creative, like, um, it was always dancing and art, you know, like drawing and dancing. And those were like my things that I was like, okay, I want to get at these. I want to get good at these things. Jason was, uh, probably like, I think he's, he was, he was like a nineties kid, right? Like early two thousands too. He was like a teenager in the early two thousands. He was really into like cars and like motorcycles and like drifting culture. So one time we were like hanging out with my like aunts, same aunt that told me that I drew dead things really scary. <laughs> she, uh, we were all hanging out there and my mom like knew that Jason drifted and Jason was like, Hey, like, let's, let's go out drifting. Like, let's like, let's do this thing. She stops him at the door and she goes, don't you take my son out drifting. You better not take him out drifting. And he goes, oh, absolutely not. We're just going to make a run. We immediately drove like just a mile down the road and just drifted through this church parking lot, destroyed this like, like church parking lot, just like, just rubber all over this like church, like parking lot. And I just, I remember being very, that was like a pretty like powerful, like I think the. That's what I'm tapping into. Whenever I'm doing art, when I draw something, it's about tapping into that energy. The like, it's powerful. It's chaotic. It's why, why it's, it's like, there's no specific reason for it other than dancing. It's like when you dance and you'd want to dance hard in front of people, no one else is dancing. There's no reason to do it. No one else is doing it. But when you do it, it's like you're creating something. It's inspiring people. And like moments that really inspired me are like th- the drifting story there was no reason to do it in fact there was a reason not to do it mm-hmm. someone said do not do it and then we went out and we just did it and it was all for that moment that joy and energy of feeling powerful like nobody can tell me what to do i've got a motor yeah i've got rubber i got and i can i can like dance yeah and so like when i draw i'm not trying to draw like i'm not trying to tap into like things that comfort me so to speak I'm trying to tap into energy that makes me feel powerful like mm. I'm drifting like I'm nobody can tell me what to do yeah and pass that energy on
1: dude that is an amazing story and you can feel that when mm-hmm. you look at the work that you do and I think it's just the the idea of just creating with no regard for anything yeah it is definitely what I can sense from from what you from what you have going on. So when when you do create, are you do you ever think about how it'll be received, or are you just going?
0: See, I definitely think that when I am tapped into the like the, just like the pure like creative process, like I I'm not thinking about how it's going to be received, and a lot of times people don't receive it well. I feel like a lot of like or at least I, nobody's ever come to me and be like, "Hey, your art just like really." Ruined my day. No one's, ever, <laughs> no one's ever said that to me. <laughs> hey, um, Lisp, I just want you to know.
1: That was the worst thing I've seen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nobody says that. I mean, it's just like social media. The worst thing that could happen is like, nobody says anything. Yeah. And then I'm just like, okay, whatever. Like, it does not matter. But I'd say more often now than ever before, I've thought about how people, I'm thinking about how people take it. But I also am not stopping what I'm drawing because of, someone maybe not being okay with it. Yeah. And I I don't even know a lot of the time, I don't even know what I'm going to draw beforehand, especially with uh, like if I'm doing garments or something like recently, it's just been chaotic. It's just been like demon faces and like, maybe I'll be like, okay, I'm going to draw a monster truck. And, but then the monster truck could be a a hearse. It could be whatever it becomes. It could be skulls coming out of it. So it's very um, uncensored. Yeah. And not really, It's very honest. I'm not worried about how someone could misinterpret it at all.
1: And that's a perfect segue into the next question. What does the process look like when you go in front of a blank canvas, whether it be a garment, whether it be, you know, a piece of graffiti that you're doing, whatever it is, what's the start to finish step by step for you?
0: always so sometimes it depends there's a couple different ways I I think sometimes it'll just be okay I got this energy and it needs to come out and it just go it just goes like have medium in your hand spray paint airbrush drawing and just go and it's just like letting that energy out and then finding a flow as it goes and it there was no plan and it just it just happens or sometimes and I, I prefer this one over other things is I will just take that energy, like that energy of like, okay, creative energy, just draw something. Oh, this thing inspired me. I saw it over here. I was like walking down the road and I saw a man with no legs and he was like balancing on like crutches and he was walking somehow. And I was like, yo, that was like really inspiring. Like I'm going to draw that and or like take that motif and like add it to something. I'll put it into a sketchbook and draw it a couple times, iterate on it maybe add some wheels to it, maybe a few caterpillars and I'll come up with a design that way. And so, so the, the like kind of sporadic creative process is then put into a sketchbook. Right. So then that's kind of like a in between safe zone. Anything can happen in there and it's like really fun. But then if I'm really trying to execute a specific piece, I'll take that. I'll look through the sketchbook and be like, what do I like? And I'll um use pencil and I'll just like orchestrate it a little bit better. I'll actually think about the elements of design like I should, and I'll make try to make a piece that's like that I have like put a lot of time into. But I don't necessarily lo- necessarily love that process as much as I love the automatic drawing. The like when I when I'm finished with a piece, I want to look at it and be like, oh crap, like I drew that. And he's doing that thing. And it like has to do with this. It was like my subconscious was drawing. And it's like I a mind, just like a
1: mind barf, a mind barf.
0: Yeah. It's like, and I, I want to look at it and be inspired too. That's the main goal here is I want to be entertained. I'm entertaining myself. Yeah. So I think the, the, the main goals whenever I'm making art is like one, make something I've never made before ever. Like it can be similar to what I've done before, but make it different somehow. I want it if it looks exactly the same, I'm not going to be satisfied by it to try to like push things and not be afraid to mess up. Like that's the main idea. It's like fearlessly creating that whole idea. I'd say that yeah. those two things are the main For part sure.
1: of it. Um. So I've, I, I've asked this to my one buddy Indigo. I don't
0: know if you know him. Indigo sounds really, yeah, yeah, yeah. Indigo. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: But I asked him in our conversation, do you think that your art is a part of you?
0: Oh, yeah. My art is like the part of me. It's a projection. I would say that I think about it as a projection a lot of the time. It's a manifest. It's a manifest like destiny type of thing. Like uh, my visuals are like the brand of Lisp is like manifesting power, which a lot of people can look and be like, yeah, that's pretty evil. That's pretty selfish. Like you're not trying to add value to the world. But you no know, it's a self-actualizing actualizing thing and I'm not I'm not hiding that. I'm it's me putting myself out there to be seen to then be able to make statements and make an impact. Mm-hmm. Cuz I I think I need to develop who I am, become have a voice, I need to like make a statement. I need to be seen to then have things to say. I can have I mean I can have things to say and then be seen because I'm saying good things, but it's like or bad things. I don't know. I want to I guess the the heart of what I was trying to say is that it's a projection of who I want to be. When I present a a monster truck that's crushing like lots of things, it's like I want to be someone that's not afraid and just goes in like that monster truck. I was watching a demolition derby recently, very similar like concept to like the drifting story. I remember just feeling so inspired. Like I was on a high for like two days after that, just drawing like I want to be confident. Like I want to be confident and secure in myself and also just have fun. You know, and, like, so when I do art, I'm, like, projecting that onto myself because I don't always feel that way. Mm. So it's, like, I I don't always feel confident. I don't always feel like I want people to see me. I don't don't always feel like I – I guess it's – my art is representing the part of me that I feel like is missing. Yeah. And just it being, like, natural. So, like, I feel like a lot of people naturally just feel connected. A lot of people just naturally feel – Seen, A lot of people naturally just feel powerful, confident, um, secure. And I feel like I wasn't those things for so long that my art felt like a way to like, I want to focus on these powerful icons and powerful images so that I could find that power in myself and it would become me. So I would say what was, what's really cool is that I'm becoming my art. Mm. And that's the coolest part about it is I, it is me, but I'm also becoming it. If that makes sense?
1: Yeah. How have you seen it actualized? How have you seen it actualized in, in real life?
0: Yeah. I would say like for, from a visual standpoint, like my art's very like sharp. It's very like wild and kind of a little little bit messy, but like what I'm wearing, it will be a little bit messy, but it'll be colorful. Mm -hmm. It'll be, um, like, my hair, like, it'll be, like, more, like, kind of harder looking, you know, like, so I feel like I've seen, or even, even in, like, the way that I approach, like, talking to people and stuff, I've, I've become more confident. I've become, I don't know, everyone perceives how people see them. The way that I am starting to perceive people to see me is, like, someone unique and standing out just like my art would, which feels really good. Like, I always felt like it was very I this thought, but I remember, like, I would go to malls, and just see people wearing, like, okay, Nike, like, Nike, Nike, Adidas, Nike, like, okay, these wearing, like, jeans and, like, a white t-shirt, jeans with a blue t-shirt, jeans, that guy's got some, like, holes in his shirt, okay, that guy's wearing, like, Yeezys, but all of them were wearing, like, no color at all, and I, I was the guy wearing lime green shorts, an Airhead shirt, lime green, like, a pink, like, weird hat, I don't know, I was just, like, I was like, yo, does anybody else have color, does anyone else have life, which everybody else had life, and I, I could have seen people's creativity if i was really not being so focused on myself probably <laughs> but i always just felt like i have seen myself not not be afraid to stand out mm-hmm. as like a weird thing my my name's lisp like i chose that because it's like lisps stand out mm, bar bar you know it's bar when you, when you when you when you're like talking to somebody and they're like yeah, this day is just so good. Like, I, or like, like, I don't know. They say anything like lisp. Yeah. You or or it doesn't even matter. I think of Mike Tyson. That's okay. a big inspo. Yeah, for sure. Like he's an example of drifting. Like Mike Tyson is drifting. Here's how. Here's how Mike Ty- Tyson is drifting. Let's hear the connection. <laughs> he. In here, how this is how Mike Tyson is a lisp too. He's powerful. He is like you do not want to be in a ring with Mike Tyson in his prime. Like mm, you're scared. You're yeah. terrified. The man comes out to a drone note. Drr- you, it's it's scarifying, like it is scarifying, yes. terrifying. No, I like that. Keep going with it. I like it. <laughs> and but then you hear him talk in his interviews, and he's like, "I'm Mike Tyson. I'm gonna fuck you with the <laughs> ass." Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And you're just you're just like, "Whoa, whoa!" <laughs> Unexpected. Like, what a not a paradox. What a what a contrast. Yeah. You would expect this man. I'm Mike Tyson. Fear me. Like, it, it's opposite. It's like, and it's goofy. So I was like, I want to tap into that energy where it's powerful. Goofy, scary, light, loving, terrifying. Like all of those, like the contrasts, contrasts, that's what I'm trying to do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Sorry, I don't know. I kind of, I took that question kind of far. No, man, (laughs) no, man. This is perfect. I'm I'm
1: having a great time doing this. This is, this is a great conversation, (laughs) bro. But you keep, you keep bringing up sketchbooks. (laughs) How many do you think you've gone through? Oh
0: yeah. Okay. So probably, probably like a good, 20, probably 15, 20. I'd say that's probably a safe estimate. I also find that when I'm not being prolific in like sketchbooks, I'm not happy and I don't feel like I'm developing as an artist. Mm-hmm. I've been doing, I've been doing a lot of one-on-one pieces and I've been like drawing less than sketchbooks, but I probably, I probably have like done a good solid 20 sketchbooks, I'd say.
1: How, how important are those sketchbooks to you? What purpose do they serve?
0: So they're important to me in like documentation. I remember, I think actually like maybe the start of wanting to be an artist. I remember when I was like 16, high school age, I've always drawn art and I've always thought of myself as an artist and creative, but I remember being serious about it being like, okay, the career path, whatever I'm going to do, it's going to be doing art, whatever that means. Like this is the choice I'm doing this commitment. And part of that reason was because I can, I can do art in some aspect till I die. I could do art the day I die, as long as I can move my hands or like any type of like way that I can draw or think or say things, I can like be an artist. So I think the way to document drawings, the way to document art was sketchbooks for me. And I want to, my whole goal with art is to someday look back and see all the work that I did. See development, see interest see and have access to memories to feel because I feel like one of the healthiest things you can do as a human is to feel connected to like what's happening here you can you can be like way left field and like lose touch with reality but I feel like through being creative in my life and losing touch with reality in the moment I can like in, in documenting it I can then gain touch with reality over time I can look back at sketchbooks I can look back at collaborations I did with people. I can remember names, remember places, remember successes, remember losses, remember emotions. Mm -hmm. So the sketchbooks are infinitely important. I, 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 I often say that like when I die, I don't want there to be a funeral. I want there to be like an art show. I want it to be like anyone that I gave art to Anyone that has my art access to it comes together, puts it all in one place and everyone talks to each other, looks through the art, talks about like, what do we learn here? Like kind of like a, a, I guess like a, I don't know what you call it, not like a science experiment, but like kind of like, okay, like this is a human life, a reflection of like a way to live life, a philosophy, which for me is creating images, connecting people. And I just already know that the outcome of that will be wealth. The outcome of that will be creative wealth. The outcome of that will be a continuation of the creative energy of artists that inspired me. I already know that. And that's, it's infinitely important.
1: Bro, I don't know if you realize, but that was probably the most artist shit that I ever heard. (laughs) I want to have all my paintings at my funeral. Not even a real funeral. Don't even bring the body. Just the paintings, bro. That's it. Just the paintings. My spirit. That's amazing, man. That's amazing.
0: I think with the sketchbooks, back on the sketchbooks page. I think that I I say that they're infinitely important, but I treat them like I don't need to hold on to them. Mm. With my art, there's this whole idea of, okay, it's gotta be a fine art painting, it's gotta be like it's gotta be kept in like there's this whole idea of like art needs to last forever. Yeah. I don't feel that way. I think art needs to pass on energy. I think art needs to inspire. I think art needs to be it doesn't need to last forever. So, like, I'm not always doing mediums that last forever. One of my favorite mediums is wheat pasting, which is a drawing on a really big poster, like paper, um, an image, and then you can cut it out, and you can just, like, paste it up with wallpaper paste anywhere, in any place. And that medium lasts a very short amount of time. It will fall off within a week, and it's a very special medium. So it's, like, my sketchbooks and any art that I create, I love giving it away. I try to keep the sketchbooks for myself so that I can look back at images and then have like a like a a library of images that I could then add to other things, you know. But I also love giving my sketchbooks away. If I get a sketchbook from somebody, I always always give it back to them because that's a cool investment. Yo, I'll mm-hmm. give you I'll give you some art supplies. Getting that back filled, that'd be cool, you know. So I like to do that. I don't know So not holding on to the art. Yeah,
1: no, and I think it's cool too. The the thing that that you said about how it marks moments in time yeah because you know you are able to look back on this one like fucking goblin shooting a gun at you know people or whatever (laughs) or something and be like okay yeah this is like I remember making that like I remember where I was what I was thinking who was around me Mm -hmm. and in that point in my life and you know I think that that is a lot of things and a lot a, a lot of different mediums for people, right? So I'll give you an example. Like I have yeah. tattoos on my leg, and I've had a lot of like parents, friends, and like my girlfriend's mom. She'll be like, Oh no, what, what do you, what do you, why why'd you get those? What, what? what's do you, the reason? Yeah, do, do you regret doing that? And I'm like, <laughs> Nah, man. When I'm sixty five, <laughs> yeah. looking down at my leg, I remember when I was twenty two, and yeah. I was just like, Fuck it, let's just put these <laughs> on my leg right now. You know what I mean? And I think that's that's awesome that you have that. In such like a fantastical way with with yeah. these with these drawings and whatnot. So talk to me about the 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 stickers yeah. and and the pastings out on the street. When when did you start to think about doing that? Because I think oh, that's yeah. almost like a signature thing for you now. Like I always see you videos of you jumping up on yeah. light poles and slapping stickers on and like passing them
0: out, doing all those kinds of things. I would say that it's the spirit of street art. It's the spirit of graffiti and when you want to be cool, right? Like as a kid you're like, "Ah, oh, I want to be cool. I want or like I want to I want to be like the people that I think are awesome, right? So, inspiration. This is all about inspiration. Like why why stickers, why wheat pasting? It comes all it comes down to inspiration, right? And I am very very inspired by um street artists that put their stuff up with uh stickers and duplicating images and the power that comes from that big name that everybody knows is Shepard Fairey. Um, he did obey. I remember just watching like videos of him, like starting out and like his whole process and the, the power that came from that. And I loved his, his, uh, just insane drive to get up, to put things out on the street, to have his propaganda be propaganda for all of everybody and the power that came with that, that everyone saw and how he was able to create something that pushes me to put my art out in a public like a uh, space. I don't feel like I'm doing it at all close to how much I want to do it. That's like one of the main, one of the main focuses of my artist that I want it to translate to the street. I want mm-hmm. it to, and it to be its own thing. It doesn't need to be reflecting a certain tag style. It doesn't need to be a tag doesn't have to be an image, but it needs to be cohesive with what I'm doing so people can recognize it as something that I've done and it has a life of its own. So yeah, I would say that in the doing stickers and wheat pasting all comes from being inspired by um straight art. And there's a bunch of artists I could shout out. There's one of my favorite artists is um David Cho. He did a lot more like aerosol stuff graffiti. He he would like graffiti whales all over LA. and But he would also do like wheat pasting of different things. I just think it's such a cool idea that anyone, if they wanted to, could like make a drawing and put it out and literally a 100,000 people will see it in a day. There's no reason that anyone should, like won't see your art. Mm-hmm. The only thing keeping you from people seeing your art is yourself. That's like, that's why I do it. Because it's like, well, I, I want people to see it.
1: Do you want your art to have a message
0: with it yeah i th- i think that the art message is i think it's developing yeah but i also think that it is a i'm here like uh
1: i'm you should be more this. more like putting your mark on on this space yes
0: maybe maybe it's a mortality thing like cuz i do put a lot of like demon faces out or like scary faces that could be jump scares that a lot of people i think if, my art can be kind of controversial because like if i'm putting out like a a big scary skull face out on the street Kid walks by, pees himself. That's pretty wrong. That's pretty, that's the pretty bad thing. That's probably the worst thing that could happen. I would say I'd feel really shit about that. But I also, the opposite could be happened where someone who's just like living their monotonous life sees that skull face and they go, yo, there's a ghost. There's a fucking ghost on the walls. There's ghosts everywhere. What's, what's with these ghosts and monsters in Columbus? What's someone trying to tell me? Yo, life is short. Mm. Yo, I can do what I want. I can. It's I feel like the message of street art is always the same to me. It always feels the same, it doesn't matter what the medium is. Life is short. You have the power to do what you want. You have tools at your hand, it doesn't matter who you are to be able to spread a message. And I would say that that it's, the medium is the message is something that Shepard Fairey says. Mm. It's just the act of putting it out, using using the medium of street art is the message that you can do what you need to do. You can that you can take the risks to get rewards. And be strategic about it in whatever way you want. Yeah.
1: So speaking of mediums. Yep. um, You've done paintings. You've done street art. Yep. You just dropped a clothing line that we'll get into here in a little bit. What is one medium that you haven't tapped into Mm. that that you want to maybe take a crack at?
0: Man, I'd say... I would say that I really love cinema. I really love videography. I love... I feel like I could make a crazy horror movie. I feel like I could be very creative enough to like... I really love storytelling. I really... I think that maybe like children's books actually is something I really want to do. Or just illustrated books that are moody in some type of way. Creating stories and putting my art into stories. One of the biggest inspirations, and I don't know how I missed this, was children's books growing up mm-hmm. there was my favorite artist actually Stephen Gamble his art he did the scary stories that tell in the dark is that do you remember that yeah one? I've heard that oh yeah, yeah, yeah. oh Yo, my shit, god shit, look at that like, shit that's, that's him it's it's a Gen Z a Gen Z you're doing Stephen Gamble's art basically bro you just unlocked a <laughs> crazy memory in my <laughs> tell head tell me bro 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 so I remember one time I was at
1: my friend George Wiggum's house I shout out to George, George Wiggum if he, ever heard, if he ever hears <laughs> this and, uh, he didn't have cable at his house. So like they okay. barely watched TV and it was like me, him, yeah. his little brother, Calvin, and then his little brother's friend. And, and a tiger and named Hobbs.
0: Just kidding.
1: And, um, so yeah, like there, they there, were, we were pretty young. So like there was a certain time where we had to like go to sleep, right? We were probably like eight or nine and like his parents were like, all right, you guys got to go to bed now. Right. And instead of going to sleep, we just like went in their room and turned off the lights and he had this book and he like got the flashlight out and was like doing the whole thing, bro. And I did, I did not even remember that until just now you said that. That is insane. That is insane. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, though. you're good. No, you're, good. I, you're no, good. I interrupted you.
0: No, yeah. The the whole, I think that scary imagery wasn't, I wasn't allowed to see it. Horror movies wasn't allowed to watch it. Our movies wasn't allowed to see it. So like now my art is revol- revolves around creating those images and like wanting to create stories and like take part in those things. I don't know, anyone that's, that listens to this, look up Stephen Gamble and his art, the scary stories. That stuff is it's profoundly technical. It's it's like it's like technical, like it's well executed, but it's also insanely creative, surreal and unique. And I I always was like, yo, where's the scary street artist? Where's the like person doing one of ones that terrify you? Where's the person creating images you don't want to see, but like can't help, but want to see. Yeah. And that's just so much more interesting to me and like balancing cute themes with it too. I want to be interested in what I'm doing. So I'm going to draw things that are interesting to me.
1: It's the, it's the whole contradiction idea yeah. coming, coming back again. Right. Like Mike Tyson. Yes. Right? It's the big scary thing with the not so scary thing. Yeah. Right. What does your family think about this? What does your family yeah. think about what you're doing now, if you don't mind me asking?
0: Oh, yeah. Um, it depends on the medium. I would say that when it comes to street art, when it comes to like graffiti or anything like that, very not, not very much support at all. My, uh, one of my family members at one point, and I, I wrote it down so that I could quote it someday in an interview. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> they said to me that when I choose to do street art or graffiti, I intentionally choose to harm my family. And I intentionally choose to harm the community as a whole. And you heard it first from from them. <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> I just disagree with that so yeah, so no, much. I agree. <laughs> Yo, but everyone has their opinion, and no people want. They like to project their 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 feelings on you, and they want to see you be what they think is the best version of you. You know, and that, not everyone has the same goals that you have. Um, when it comes to like scary um like images and stuff, there there's nobody I would say in my family that just goes yo like yo tap into that demonic scary shit. Just you need to go harder, yo. Demons you're, you're, cutting people's you're not heads enough, off, man. You're not deep you're not enough. going crazy enough. No, there's there hasn't been anyone that's been like highly encouraging that. But there has there there has been people that be like yo that's pretty that's pretty cool. Like I like that. And then but then there's also. I think I think most of the time it's like it's not my taste is what I get. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> that's like the backhanded support, but I mean yeah. support
0: nonetheless. They're not saying don't do it. Yeah, but they're saying I just you know draw something to, like draw a portrait of me instead or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah,
1: do you think do you think you could
0: if you wanted to? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I love like I could. I I love. Um, like, fine art and stuff. Like, I definitely... some I, I like, um, in my sketchbooks, definitely you'll just... You'll see, like, real scary, like, cartoony stuff, and then you'll see, like, a really realistic, like, portrait of someone. Or I'll, like, put those mediums together and do... I like, I like all types of art, and I definitely am capable of drawing something that is not terrifying or is just, like, a traditional mm-hmm. um, type of art.
1: But that's not what you're into.
0: But it's not my favorite thing. I want to be interested in what I'm doing. I don't want to just duplicate photographs. I want to, like... Be creative with it and feel inspired by it, you know.
1: And and that was the thing, what you mentioned earlier, yeah. About there are no scary street artists. And then even before we were talking, before we started recording, is yeah. like I heard this quote from Pharrell. He said, "There's never like an original idea. Yeah. It's always been in the universe, and you just check it out." Yes. So you could be that, you know, maybe that is what, maybe that, that, that energy is just coming and sticking with you right now. And you're the scary street artist. You're the one that, that, uh, you know, gets to make that mark. What, what's one place that you wish you could put your art that you Mm -hmm. haven't
0: yet? Oh my goodness. There's so many places. Yo, there's so many places. I love the idea of collaborations, like collaborations with like other artists or when I say, when I say here, putting my art somewhere. Yo, that it's, it's literally everywhere. Like I want it to, sometimes I guess now I'm thinking about it. If that's a hard question, I definitely want to see myself collaborate with like artists that I've always loved. I would love to see my art like in a comic book. I would love to see my art in a horror movie. I would love to horror movie. It's not like I said, horror movie, <laughs> horror movie. But I, uh, I would love to see my art in Europe. I would love to see it in like the cities that I've seen other artists, you know, there's so many spots. I want to see it everywhere. I want to I want, I also want to see it where it naturally goes, you know, like that'll be fun to see. Like the, the, one of the most exciting things about being an artist and why I chose to do it was because I want a life that is surprising. So maybe, maybe, uh, something new that happened is I feel like I've a lot more women. I've been like liking, liking my like one of ones that are scary and like, so I was like, yo, I'm imagining making like women's attire or like that being in a more feminine approach to my art and like being okay with that and being like even pushing into that. Yeah. I would love to see, like, it'd be so funny if like there was a Hello Kitty lisp, like kind of collaboration, like, like Hello like Kitty, but li- I, I don't know. So I, I really don't have a, I want to see my art in places that I never expected. That's perfect.
1: Now I know you've seen a lot of success recently, but do you ever doubt the decision that you made to mm. to dedicate your life to this?
0: Never. No. I think I think <clears throat> I've accepted where where I where I'm at. I never doubt that. No. I, if if being an artist feels for a lot of reasons that I could get into, I it feels like what I'm supposed to do. It feels like the universe has like whenever the universe gives you equipments to do podcasts or the universe gives you creative people around you, that invest in something feels like the universe has shown me and giving me the emotions the like feelings the inspiration the tools to be an artist so i i don't think that i ever really there there's times where it's harder where i'm like yo okay feeding myself is going to be difficult yo doing art as a business sounds scary um how do i what do i have to forfeit to be able to do art as a business does me doing art as a business and my lifestyle hold me back creatively, Does the art not grow to where it could be because I'm relying on it as an income source. Those thoughts come through my head, but like being an artist, no, that's not going to go away. Drawing. No, that's not going to go away. How it looks all together and how it might change is the, like more of the thoughts that I have, Mm -hmm. but it's not a fearful. Oh man, maybe next year I won't be an artist. It's not that it's like, I know I will. Yeah this is like a thing that's going to go for the rest of my life, you know? Awesome. What, how do you work through
1: creative funks though? Because I feel yeah. like that happens for any person that tries to
0: create yeah. anything. You got to eat. That's what I tell people. You got to eat. Like, uh, like if you're feeling like you don't have anything to poop out creatively, <laughs> you got to eat, you know, like watch movies, watch TV shows, watch cartoons, go out to a demolition derby. The the, the way I was so surprised that I was like drawing things I was, like, drawing, like, cars with, like, flames come, coming out of them and, like, double-decker boats that are, like, cars. Like, I had all these ideas in my head. Just because I went to, like, one event with somebody. So, like, I think just live, you know, like, and and, and to... You also have... I hear heard, hear from other people, you just have to have really good balance. You don't want to, like, push your art stuff way too hard and then, like, be burned out to do it. There's, there's like, being burned out when, you ha- when having creative ideas. Like, oh, I have all these ideas, but I don't want to do it right now. I would say that that happens. And then there's... I have no ideas. I don't know what to do that too. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, for the second one, you got to eat creatively. You got to look at artists that inspire you, remember why you're doing it and find new things to do, keep inspired. Yeah. But then whenever you're feeling like you just can't do art, even though you're creative, I feel like just allowing yourself to take a break and being nice to yourself. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and, and more like you said a lot of, Things that you like to do, but just for anybody, like,
0: go and do the things that you like yes. to do, that you draw inspiration yes. from, correct? Yes. So, like, if you're, like, an artist that, like, draw is, like, very inspired by flowers and stuff, yo, be going to all the gardens. Like, have tea parties out in the, like, like the parks, like, Park of Roses or something, you know what I mean? And everyone's going to be different. It could yeah. be basketball. It could yeah. be any, you know.
1: Yeah. You you just have this outlook on the world that you just want to experience yeah. it. Yeah. You know, you just want to experience it. And, and and it may be from that younger age where you weren't able to experience it to the fullest, right? But you, you just want to go and like feel this. All right, I'm going to go to this demolition derby and feel what it's like when the fucking fire
0: comes out yeah. of the Jumbotron or whatever. Yo shit, you know? that truck flipped over three times. Yeah. <laughs> like what? People don't have to do that. Why do people do that? You ever yeah. think about that? Shit, they're putting their life at risk and they're hurting other people just for the joy and amusement of it all. Yeah. That's the that's the shit I want to be a part yeah, of. Man. I don't know why. Yeah, man.
1: All right, now let's get into the business aspect okay, of yeah. it. You just had your first signature clothing drop. Yes, correct? I did. Yes, I did. How are you
0: feeling about all that? Very good. I I I have a I have a lot to a lot of people to shout out for that for real. I a lot of people in the community like shouted out like uh, or have supported me in wanting me to do that. A lot of people over the last year year and a half were like, "When am when am I going to see a custom like?" Like I want a custom hoodie. Oh, I want like a. I want to see you like making garments and stuff. Like when can I get a list piece? List list piece, and so I have a lot. I have a lot of people to like shout out and thank for that. But that drop went really. It went. It went a lot better than I thought it would, and I. I also had a feeling it would do really well, but I'm yeah. feeling really good about it. I'm feeling really excited. I'm feeling ready to make more pieces. I'd say that the the first um collection that I created was very just automatic and i was exploring with different I'd, like ways to use an airbrush if for anyone that doesn't know i was i make um i don't sew garments i don't create garments i'm not a fashion designer like i'm creating an aesthetic and putting my art on clothes as a medium you know and using because i love street art using streetwear and street fashion as a as a, an extension of street art it's a the people themselves are wearing the street art And that's even cooler, I'd say, because it moves and people can talk about it and people can represent Lisp. They can be Lisp. They can be the powerful creative that I'm trying to create. Anyone can put on a Lisp bag mask and feel like a superhero. And you know what I mean? Some things that I'd never expected from that drop were just the way that people solid. Like the I did a photo shoot with um St. Clair Studios and Brandon Outlaw on Instagram. Shout out them. Awesome guys. Really got behind me on this one. Really supported me. And every all the models that were there and put on bag masks, which is a very humble thing to do if you're modeling for someone to then cover your face up. What are you getting out of that other than supporting someone? And that was really cool to see people be down for that, excited about that, tap into the creative energy. I really wanted to curate and Allow other people to feel like they could just, they could, they could see the energy of like, we're powerful, like, like lisp people, I don't know, in a lisp gang. And then being like, yo, we could like be walking out of cars. And like, everyone was like really like feeling that, that energy that I feel when I create art. And it was like really cool to see. And I'm, I think the most exciting thing about the garments and this like collection that I created is when I'm going to see people wear them mm. And I don't even know yet the amount of reward that'll come from this investment. I I guess when it comes down to business, like that side of things with money, of course I'm worried about money, you know. I like I always like was I was like, okay, will this be profitable? How do I make pricing in I have a lot to thank to uh, Creamy Studios. I've been working with them this last year from like uh probably like January to the present. We've been if it, for anyone that doesn't know Creamy Studios, they uh do one of one uh upcycling and they just put their art on their clothes and they also do other types of mediums, but they really showed me the ropes when it came to like creating garments and and creating hype for your, um for your drop and really like showing your art to people. They've, they're one of the first artist um, groups that I, that ever invested me in a way that I was able to really believe that being a full-time artist is possible. I knew it was possible. I knew I was going. I knew I was going to make it happen. I just didn't know how. Yeah. And so, for the first time, from this drop, from like commissions that have come after the drop, before this, I've really been able to invest in it in like a full, like a full time gig, and it's been really, it's been a really huge blessing. And I'm excited to. I know there's going to be times where it's like not as easy, or there's not as much hype because it's not my first drop or whatever. That's a fear that I have, but I know that I have creative ideas, and I know that I'm ideas that people have never seen before. Mm-hmm. So I know that there's gonna be a lot of success when it comes to this um like future collections
1: what what was the hardest part about putting this one together?
0: I'd say the hardest part about this was it's time management always like making sure like wanting to wanting to be faster than I need to be when it like okay I've finished pieces I've made ten pieces I need to i want to post them right now I'll oh, drop it right now but there's when it comes to marketing and wanting people to desire items, you have to be patient you have to tease it. You have to, you have to do strategic marketing. And that is something that's very difficult for me. Cause I'm very much like, okay, did something post it. I think that comes from being an Instagram artist, like, or like always posting my art on social media. I think you're just like, Oh, I did it. Okay. Post it. Not really being strategic about how people like think about it or how people might want it. What people would want to see like why people would want to buy it, those subjects. So I think the hardest thing was never doing it before. And kind of trying to have good time management, getting things done and also corresponding with other people to create a photo shoot and wanting to be professional throughout all that. And I don't know. I definitely, I think that it definitely takes a level of like being humble, like realizing you're going to make mistakes and like wabi-sabi, like getting through it and, and just like if you make a mistake riffing off of that and it becomes something, Beautiful still, you know?
1: Yeah. Now you mentioned the bag masks. Yes. I thought that that was probably one of the coolest parts of the whole drop. Yeah. But I saw that there was a little bit of controversy oh, yeah. maybe going for it. So for those that don't know, <laughs> it, it kind of resembled a little bit of ass pizza. Yes, it
0: did. Yes, it did. And uh, yeah, go
1: ahead. Yeah. I, I was just curious about. When the whole blowback started. Yeah. You know, how you kinda took it initially and you know yeah. what you're kinda doing from from here.
0: Yeah. Um, so I think it was a very small amount of blowback and I think it was totally like it was like a righteous blowback where like someone like noticed that the so the bag the bag mask, it was about the bag mask design. I um wanted to create I remember just like eating out and having this bag and being like, yo, this reminds me of the um, "I'm not famous." What's his name? Shia, Wait, LaBeouf. Sh- Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf is like "I'm not famous anymore." Bag mask, and that moment just being really iconic. And I was like, "Yo, I can make a bag mask out of this." Because I love masks. I've always loved masks, and like, I anyone that's been in my room or been in like my house, they they just you'll see like lots of different masks from different cultures and stuff. Because it's it's just very interesting to me how scary faces in a mask format can like give people a sense of, it makes you feel powerful when you wear that because you could become something other than you are. So the bag mask was my, I was combining upcycling, recycling that whole culture with the streetwear movement and one of ones. So ass pizza was part of that. Like he, he does a uh, jack-o'-lantern um, logo where it's a uh, very sharp jack-o'-lantern teeth a circle nose, or excuse me, circle eyes and a triangle nose. nose. And so I took the teeth part of that, the jagged teeth and made, put that on the bag mask as a reference to the one of one movement that has been happening. The idea of like designers creating one of ones themselves, that culture that is reselling that huge. So many people are part of that culture. We're all part of that culture. I think if you're like a younger, like Gen Z, like just upcycling and that whole movement, it's kind of like associated with hip hop too. So I was referencing that with the bag mask design, but then I also made a giant clown nose and angry eyes, which was like referencing like clowns. So it was a, it was a combination of those three different ideas to create something new. And people are very quick to assume things when they recognize something and they just saw, yo, this person is stealing ass pizza. Yo. So I I think a comment that I got, it was like, ass pizza, weak sauce. (laughs) And shout out that guy because you're right, man. (laughs) And when he said it, I was like, he's right. I thought about that. I was like, Oh, it's two ass pizza. I know. And so I, I just put it up on my story. I was like, Hey, you're right. First of all, and I'm gonna change the design. Um, but also I don't have any problem. I don't think what I did was a bad idea. I don't, I don't think me using that, um, sharp teeth icon that he uses is bad at all because it actually references him. And that is a huge, um, I'm showing respect. I'm showing, uh, a connection to this, to you, bro. Like I'm, I'm like, bro, don't be mad. I'm connected to you.
1: So it's more of a homage than, than a rip off.
0: Oh, exactly. And that's like anything. And I think now that's the, it takes class. It it takes a level of like a genius to do that in a way that's not disrespectful. And maybe I didn't do so well this time. (laughs)
1: So, so where's that line between ripping off and, Yeah. paying respect.
0: Um, there's a quote that is used over and over again and it's called, and it's, I think it's Picasso gets, uh, entitled or credited with it, but he got it from somebody else. The idea is a good artist copies and a, and a great artist steals, but a, but a great artist steals. So the idea between copying and stealing, stealing has to do, or excuse me, copy has to do with taking the image, duplicating it. Not much thought, right? You're just duplicating the image, stealing, has to do with finding the heart behind something. What's the message? What's the point of this? Like, why did someone, like, why did the movie Jaws, like, why, which I haven't even seen, so maybe not a good metaphor, <laughs> like, why was there a shark? I don't know. And then other shark movies that don't like hit the same way that Jaws did. Yeah. Or, like, um, there's the other movies that are not, don't have sharks in it, but they still use that same, like, monster, mm-hmm. like, is finding, try, like, following you. Mm-hmm. So it's like, Copying, like I copied, I didn't completely copy, but I riffed off of, I stole his idea with the like sharp teeth, like the idea of creating an image and ripping off, presenting up a, a, a feeling of power. I think that As pizza does that in his work. Like he he's creating that, like it in into my like head with that stuff. So I think that that was, yeah, maybe, maybe it takes an artist to kind of riff off of that too. Grow, but it, the masks weren't the focal point. It was the garments, you know, it was the illustration that I yeah. was presenting.
1: We're wrapping up. Okay, yeah. closer to the end, my man. Yeah, dude. Um, in what ways have you seen yourself grow as an artist from the beginning when you first started taking this seriously? First, yeah. said, okay, this is what I'm doing. To now having your first clothing drop, having sold all these pieces,
0: I've I've realized that I can be less afraid with just like creating things. I, um, I, I think the main things that really changed for me were, I remember hearing a quote, it was like a, a Mac Miller quote and he, he's someone asked him in an interview, "Yo, when did things start getting real for you? Like how do, when did you start getting like headway with your shit? And he goes, man, I just started getting conceptual with it. Like started making it like thinking things through, creating plans with it and executing on them. So I think something that changed from the beginning of making art, I would just do things. I would just copy things. I would just like, okay, I like this style more, so I'll do more of this stuff. But really visualizing what I want to accomplish, creating a goal for that, and then sticking to it, executing that goal, and then realizing, like being like, okay, like what did I learn from this? And what did I not like about this? What do I like about this? Where do I want to go next with my next product or project? That, kind of way of thinking and that strategy for making art, I think was like the thing that I've grown the most in Mm. like having direction. And I think that's, what's so exciting about it is, and I hope that that continues to happen that the more you iterate, the more you find your direction and the more you find yourself actualizing into who you want to be. And I think that takes just creating and consistently working and moving forward. I, I'm, there's so many ways that I've grown. I mean, I've grown visually. I've grown in the type of art that I really enjoy. I care more about just the different, like, images that I am drawing. And, like, I am slowly caring more about what the viewer will feel when they see it. Like, I like one of the pieces that I did was, like, two demon heads, like, licking tongues. And I was like, yeah, will that make for someone feel uncomfortable? And then deciding, I don't care. And maybe that's the point. You know, I don't know. Just kind of... Being, being able to be more conceptual about things and being able to visualize more um, effectively is I'd say how I've grown. Yeah. And I think for this next question, you
1: could go back and listen and you answered it on multiple yeah different occasions, but I want to hear a succinct answer. Why is art important in general? Not just yours, but in general.
0: It's the, it's the shit that makes life meaningful. Art is, whenever someone goes, why? And you look at them and you, and you smile and you say, why not? That's what art is, you know? And I think that that energy, like, why is that important? It's because that is positivity. That is positive faith. That is moving forward without reason. I think- that art is a straight like shot of like caffeine art is a is a meal for your soul it art is the medicine that heals the wound of like capitalism like of like working every day for no like for money like monotony monotony just doing da 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 doing this doing that doing that art is the answer to that the like yo it's inspiration so it's like why does art matter why does inspiration matter why does art matter why does purpose matter? Movement. Moving forward and moving forward with joy. You know?
1: I hear you, bro. Yeah. I hear you, man. So what's next for you? What's next for Lisp? Yeah. What we got? What can we expect here in six months? Okay. A year, 10 years, 20 years, 50
0: years. What 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 are we looking for? Expect drops. Of clothing expect more one-of-one merch um more stuff that you can wear out you can inspire people and f- so expect more clothing that you can that's accessible and anyone can wear you know expect clothes that you can feel confident in and also make a statement that's going to happen i also um really want to focus on making more illustrations and growing that and doing uh, bringing that to street art and i um, creating content with TikTok and Instagram. So, more content for online and to be engaged in and to bring a wider audience and show my art to a wider audience. That's the goal in the next six months bringing clothes to those people, bringing street art to those people. And I don't know, hopefully, there'll be some shows that I'm a part of that people can see um, actual art that I've created in person. And I don't know those are some of the tentative ideas I also really I really love print too so it'd be really cool to have some like print out there of like zines or like you know ta- you know the sketchbooks we've been talking about really put the maybe make maybe make a few zines so that people can have a, a list sketchbook in their on their coffee table for their friends to look through whenever they're over I'd say that those are some of the tentative pro- projects I'm working on. Cool. And if you've
1: listened to this podcast before, you know that we're trying to tap in with everybody, creating the culture in whatever way it is because the culture is a catch-all and it mm. isn't just defined by art or music or fashion. It's it's everything. So in your opinion, who would be a good guest to have on the podcast?
0: Yo, if you haven't had Creamy Studios on, you got to get them. I would say for sure, shout out Creamy Studios. They're, they're, the, they're the homies that put me on. There's so many young artists out there. I would, I would just have to shout, shout out Creamy Studios if you haven't got gotcha. so far. Perfect.
1: I said. Perfect. Um, and now before we get into these last two, man, I just want to take a moment and say thank you Absolutely. for coming on here and talking and telling your story and being so vulnerable and spitting your mind out on to, to, to this episode because, you know, I've really enjoyed this and, you know, uh, we we've known each other for, for about a year now, but Good this energy. is the first time that we actually sat down and had a conversation. So I'm very grateful for um this connection that we've made and, and I'm excited
0: to see where it goes. Dude, hell yeah. It's been my pleasure. Yes, yeah, sir. Yes yeah, so, sir. I love you, right. man. I love you, man.
1: All right. Now we got the shout out section. This is your open mic oh, time. Yeah, go okay. ahead. This list can be as short or as long oh, yeah, as you'd okay. like it to be. All
0: you. Shout out. Okay. Okay. Shout out all the homies. Oh my goodness. This is when I really should have something written down. That's what I should have done. Yo, I gotta go. I gotta go in for um Oh man, there's so many people. Yeah, I got, I got, I got a shout out, um, Creamy Studios again. I got a, I got a shout out, um, the photographers that have really been, um, helping me out. I got to so like St. Clair, um, Kai, um, Brandon, Al, um, on Instagram, Brandon, those guys, those guys are always there. All the models. I got a shout out Ellie. Um, I'm trying to remember Ellie's, um, Yiying, ying Ellie. She, uh, is, um, Ellie is cozy. On Instagram. She's a homie. She's always supporting. I got to shout out um, Rebecca. She uh, is a lady. She is the partner. She um, is very supportive. She does makeup in Columbus. She is killer. She's coming up here doing her art thing. Very inspiring. Yeah, there's too many people. Yeah, I got to shout you out, man. Put me hey. on the spot. There's all, everybody that's a part of the scene, man. There is. I got to shout out Davi. Honestly, for connecting lots of people in the scene, I would say. Truly, Davi. I feel like that's how, that's one of the ways we met. There's a lot of like photographers, um, in vanity, big shout out, because I would say that like, um, like James and Lola really put like some of the first events that I was a part of and like connected people, um, and like photographers, models all together and allowed us to really network. Um, that was like really big for me to be able to meet people Man, the community is really good. And there's so many people I need to shout out. I can't even remember. (laughs) <laughs> Shout out to everybody in the scene, man. Yo, everybody. I love y'all. Y'all are awesome. And I literally I would not be here without the encouragement and people being inspired by me and me being inspired by y'all. And y'all know I love you for real.
1: One more question we got. I always like to go out with one of these. Don't think on it too hard. Just give me the answer that comes yes, in your head. All right. Yes. So if you could teleport anywhere oh, yeah. in the world, but. Once you teleported there, you couldn't leave that space. Like ever? Ever.
0: You have to stay there. Where are you going? Oh, my God. 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 Okay. Uh, yo, Columbus, Ohio. Hey. Gotta be, it's got to be out where I'm at right now. Oh, my God? Yeah, because I, I just I truly believe that I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. My man. Period. My man. This is the
1: artist, if I ever have heard one, <laughs> go check out his stuff.
0: And I'll, I'll give
1: you all the info in the intro and the outro, but I it's been a pleasure, it. my boy. <laughs> yeah, I, so I got to
0: shout out some more people. I got to record that sometime. Okay. I don't even know. There's so many people. I love it. I love y'all so much. For yeah. Take off the fufu. Take off the cloud chase. Take off the Wi-Fi. Take off the money phone. Take off the car loan. Take off the flex and the white loss. Take off the weird ass jewelry. I'm going to take 10 steps.
1: Then I'm taking off top five. Take off your Ferricage dreams and a microwave memes. This is a real world outside. Take,
0: Take off, off your idols. Take off the runway. Take off the Cairo. Take, Take off the Sandro pay Five days stay. Take a put a meal. And there you
1: have it—one whole hour of conversation of wisdom from the Almighty Ian Latif, aka Lisp. Once again, massive shout out to Ian for coming on the pod. His mind is amazing. It's an amazing place, and I'm pretty sure we only scratched the surface of all the stuff that he's thinking so hopefully we can log another episode sometime down the line but i think mostly everything was said he pretty much covered it all and in great fashion as well so i'm going to keep this outro nice and short make sure you follow annoyed tv on instagram at annoyed.tv and make sure you visit annoyed for all updated blog posts and find all the other episodes so if you haven't listened to those other episodes Make sure you go and listen to those other episodes. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna stop talking about that now. We're going out with a song that might be a little bit more well-known to most of the people, N95 by Kendrick Lamar off its most recent album, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. I'm your host, Jason Megacy, and you're listening to Annoyed TV. <laughs> Up, but never lose account. Vinton in the safe
0: house. Fintin in the same. Can I vent on my truth? I got nothing to lose. I got problems and pools. I can swim with my fate. Camera's moving. Whatever I'm moving. The family's suing. Whatever I make. Murder is stacking. The president acting. The government taxing My fuss in the bank. Homies objecting. The fence when I'm breaking. Look at my reaction. My pupils are